Welcome to Chapter 1 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Aaron Meary, CIO at Walnut Hill Medical Center. In this segment, Meary discusses the other hat that every C-suite member of his organization wears, why getting too much physician input is never a problem, and what it's like to work for the hospital that Steve Jobs would have built. Hi, Aaron. Thank you so much for taking some time to speak with us today. Thank you for the opportunity. So I wanted to get some information about uh, Walnut Hill Medical Center, um, first in terms of bed size, but then uh, a little bit of history about the organization. Absolutely. Happy to help. So we'll talk about a little bit about bed size. So we were uh, founded um, on the premise that the patient is first and that uh, from patient care delivery to technology to processes, procedure, and even the people that we select to come to Walnut Hill, it's about patient-centric care. Um, Walnut Hill opened its doors in April 2014. Uh, immediately, Forbes magazine coined it the hospital Steve Jobs would have built, uh, 100-bed organization. Uh, we do every specialty uh, under the sun except for deliver babies at this time. Um, our physicians are world-renowned. And it is amazing the um, experience that the patient has from the minute they walk in through our front doors and are greeted by our valet all the way through discharge and follow-ups and so forth and so on. Again, it's about the patient. Um, so when it goes back to the coin of the phrase, the hospital that Steve Jobs would have built, it's about the culture. It's about the people. And yes, technology here is state-of-the-art, but it's not about tech. Tech is an enabler. And as a CIO, my job is to enable, again, the culture and that patient-centric care through all the tools available to our caregivers. That's really, really interesting, and um, it seems like it's something where you're almost like hoping to be a trendsetter with, uh, with more, of the, more of the focus on patient care with even, even the way the rooms are designed and, and things like that. Absolutely. And so one of the things that, you know, it was uh, as, I, as I received the, the phone call to see if I had interest in, in coming over to Walnut Hill, I, I was very keen on that. I wanted to join an organization that didn't just, think of it as patient experience, but it was more of the human experience. What is, what is it going to be like as you come in at the time of your greatest need and make sure that we address all those needs with outstanding outcomes, with outstanding uh, clinical processes? And so as I got to know Walnut Hill and understand you know, what, what we were all about, I was gravitated towards this place. And it's beautiful in that Again, our service lines, our leadership, our physician leadership, um, all are in sync when it comes to the patient. And so uh, to the degree of it, uh, we, don't hold, we don't hold back when it comes from giving the best we can to the patients. As far as how it was founded or managed, I know the physicians have played a key role. And uh, is, is that something that's, that's still the way that it's structured? Yes, it is. And so... Uh, this is not a physician-owned hospital. This is a physician-managed hospital in partnership with the clinical staff and the executive leadership. And so the beauty of that is everything from technology to order sets to processes to dealing with day-to-day -day issues, you've got a multi-discipline team approach to it. And that collaborative has generated so much positive ROI because, again, it gets right down to the, to the crux of, okay, how can we make sure that you know, patient Aaron comes in here and has an experience that's like none other. And so back to your question, the leadership sets the tone for how the organization responds. 
And given that the leadership is a multidisciplinary approach, you then see the frontline staff do the same thing in their morning huddles or their rounding, or the approach is how we deal with patient care and customer service. You know, we utilize the uh, 5 and 15 rule here. So 15 foot, you look up in the eye, 5 foot, you know, you say good morning or hello, how are you? Everybody here approaches it as a team for the patient. And then as far as, you know, your, your role of, of making technology like that, that catalyst of, of the experience, um, can you talk a little bit about kind of what this means or what that entails? Absolutely. So traditionally, you would look at the CIO role and think, okay, you know, this leader is going to help us navigate the very complex topics of ICD-10, meaningful use, um, you know, to take your litter, HIPAA, you know, whatever. And of course, that's always the important thing, and especially in healthcare, you've got to understand you know, those dimensions and be able to navigate appropriately, succinctly, and from a business, as well as a clinical perspective. But Walnut Hill didn't just want a CIO. What they were recruiting was somebody that, yes, understood the technology and understood what IT is in healthcare, but also understood where the patient, and again, the human experience plays into that. And so... What, what intrigued me the most about Walnut Hill beyond, you know, our founding principles and our guiding vision and our leadership was the fact that each of the C-suite, yes, we might hold the title of CIO or CFO or CQO or CNO, but we wear the other hat of patient advocate. We wear the other hat of, you know, human advocate. What can we do for the patient? So I found myself in phenomenal discussions around patient experience and helping to change our culture. And, um, you know, we have a principle we call We Care. And uh, We Care literally is the, the galvanizing force for what the culture drives itself towards and making sure that, again, we put the patient first, that we always identify and address issues that could inhibit the patient, we address those as a team, and those sorts of collaborative approaches. And so, I get to step out of my technology, I guess call it comfort zone, and get into aspects and dimensions that sometimes CIOs can often find themselves in very easily. Um, and for me, that's fun. I get to put on a different hat, think of it from a business perspective, and generate ROI beyond helping to achieve meaningful use, because now we have meaningful experience. Yeah. Right. I mean, just, just being, you're situated in Dallas, are you in, in city or in the outskirts of the city? No, we're actually in the city. We are in Dallas County. Um, we are in a very, um, uh, I think, a very booming part of town. So you see a lot of businesses, a lot of foot traffic. Um, you know, one talks it up to people have a good experience, so word of mouth, people want to come here and, re and repeat. But number two, Dallas by itself proper is growing at, un at an unprecedented rate. So we're seeing the benefits of both aspects. Right, and uh, it's not like you're in an area where there aren't other hospitals, so I imagine that this really has to be a guiding philosophy, you know, making this, this human experience better and using that to, uh, you know, build your own base. That's exactly right. And uh, i, I got to give, you know, a lot of credit to our physician leadership and our physicians in general. The physicians that are, again, selected and credentialed to, to you know, participate and work at Walnut Hill all put the patient first. And as I talk to these clinicians and these physicians across the service lines, every one of them say, well, here's what would benefit my patients. Here's what they've been asking for. Here's what I've been unable to provide for them at other facilities. And nine times out of 10, 
it's just simply caring and it's simply believing in the patient and saying, I got you, I got your back, here's how I'm going to help you. And trusting that, you know, everybody from, again, the valet all the way through the discharge process and when they're sent home with their, with their meds or their scripts, they're all in it together for the patient. And so it, it's, it makes my job easy as CIO because here I've got to bring technologies together. I've got to, you know, have an EMR talk to a separate EMR outside of this organization. I've got to do all these different things that getting buy-in at a very traditional, very locked-in, siloed mentality, it would be very difficult. And you have to gain a lot of buy-in for that because you're trying to always provide and return the value to the patient. Say, okay, Physician Jones, here's why this would be important. At Walnut Hill, I'm side-by-side making these decisions with clinicians to say, here's how your patient's going to benefit. And they're like, great. I agree with that. This is what we can do. Or, better yet, they provide feedback and say, have you thought about this? So then I become a collaborator and I become an integrator. So you go from chief information officer to chief you know, integration officer and yeah. innovation officer, which to me is where the CIO role is going. Right, right, absolutely. Is there such thing, though, as having, having too much in a way that you kind of um, uh, maybe just filter that, or how does that work? Because, you know, when you have so many physicians who are engaged, it's a really great thing, but then I can imagine that maybe there's challenges, too, with trying to get to everything. Absolutely. And um, I give a lot of credit to uh, my, my mentors of the past and uh, a very prominent CIO here in the area, you know, and, and uh, you recently interviewed her. So she used to always say, you know, you seek first to understand. So I always ask a lot of questions up, first, up front when I'm trying to uh, understand the, the, the problem we're trying to solve, and then it's educate. And make sure you educate folks on the parameters of here's what you can do and here's what you can't do because of maybe barriers with the law or privacy or security or whatnot. And then, yes, it is, it is to seek a consensus with, with leadership to make sure that physician leadership understands the perspective of here's what our, our boundaries are, what we can and can't do. Mm-hmm. So as you're working with the mass collaborative, there's already some bumpers established up front, so it's not a free-for-all. So, yes, there's some navigation there, but given now, you know, I'm, 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 I've surpassed six months in this role, I'll take this perspective over the other where I don't have any buy-in or buy-in is very tough to come by because here I've got folks interested. I've got folks asking questions. I've got folks saying, hey, can we take it to the next level? How can we take it to the next level? How can we make this patient experience something beyond it's ever been ever before? And that makes it fun. I'm sure I can imagine. Um, now, to put on the, the more specific CIO hat for, for a little bit, can you talk about uh, the, the application environment um, as far as uh, the, the EHR system in the hospital? Absolutely. Um, when we went live, uh, we went live with uh, Siemens Sorian and uh, with Sorian Financials and Clinicals. Uh, Siemens was purchased by Cerner. Um, and a lot of credit to the EMR vendors there on both sides, both at, at Siemens and then just in the Cerner. They've been excellent partners as they have gone through the acquisition and change mode. You know, a, a lot of that from our perspective had to change as we're dealing now with Cerner leadership and we're dealing with Cerner uh, folks that maybe you transition from Siemens world. So um, we've gone through a, a bit of a churn as well and having to work out processes and kinks and, and those day-to-day kind of things. Um, so we use Sorian end-to-end. Uh, we went live uh, fully with CPOE. Uh, we've gone live throughout the house. We're basically a paperless environment. So I've got mobile devices, iPads. I've got 
a full VMware client uh, environment where people really can embrace a bring-your-own-device mentality. Uh, we have integrated television sets in every single room where the patient can interact with their medical record. A nurse can prescribe videos to the patient to watch on, say, an upcoming uh, cath procedure. And we have an environment here where tech isn't just a tool that sits there that you're charting or you know, you're placing orders or you're, or you're writing a, uh, a discharge note. You have technology that is actually functionally interacting, providing education, providing active surveillance and feedback to the patient and to the caregiver, where tech now suddenly becomes part of the DNA of what makes this place tick. So um, I was a little bit blessed in walking into an environment where, I mean, it's totally brand new. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think a lot of CIOs would, would give their, their right arm for that because you're often inheriting, you know, some very uh, old infrastructure you're having to modernize. So putting that aside now, I was able to focus on interfacing, on really taking the technology and being innovative with it. And so some of the things we're doing now with wearables and mobile devices and really importing in disparate data sets into the EMR to, to mash it up for population health and, and uh, syndromic surveillance, those are things that sometimes would take several years to get to at other institutions. So um, we're definitely on we definitely push the fast forward button on the uh, on the VCR player here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to use to use a, a reference from a couple years ago. All <laughs> uh, right, just to give some some balance. <laughs> of course. So, um, well, you brought up wearables, and and that's interesting to me because I think that you know there there still is definitely some hesitancy there. So, can you talk about kind of how you're approaching that? Absolutely. Um, I think it's a blessing that. Uh, uh, clinicians and physicians love technology as much as it can be sometimes uh, a head scratcher. But uh, my uh, physician leadership here and working with them were some very early adopters of the iWatch. And that's what really started this conversation was how can we take the data that the iWatch is generating and Fitbits and whatnot, but really the iWatch was the, was the galvanizing idea here, take these data sets and mash it up from things like uh, blood pressure, uh, your activity per day, um, you know, how, how are you doing, you know, in general with, are you sitting too much? Are you very sedentary? What, what are you doing? What is your active lifestyle? And then what we're doing is matching it up against uh, care plans. So for somebody that recently, again, went through a heart procedure, uh, maybe they are being instructed to make sure that you walk 30 minutes a day continuously, you know, for uh, so, many, so many yards or so many feet. Well, we're able now to take this data and say, okay, are they actually doing this? Because before, it's just sort of the patient attesting to, yeah, I'm doing this on the side, and then the clinicians have to sort of deal with, okay, is this really trustworthy or not? But now I have some data to run with it. And we're still going through the process of figuring out what is that sweet spot of, okay, this kind of data, if it's skewed to the left or they don't wear the watch enough, it's not really valid versus that they wear the watch every single day. And so we're trying to find that sweet spot. But we have found clinicians to be very embracing of the idea that the patient is as involved in their own care plan as the clinician is. And so what can we do to educate, enable, and make sure the patient understands what they need to do to get better? Because ultimately a happy patient is a happy clinician, which is a happy hospital. So to the degree of it, what can we do for that patient to make sure? And so it's looking at all data sets. Um, I think the jury is still out in general across the industry as to 
what qualifies and quantifies as, as meaningful da data or statistically meaningful data. But I'll tell you, for the hospitals like Walnut Hill that are looking at this and trying to, to really answer that question, the patient is just going to benefit. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where we're at the surface. You know, you have access to information that we didn't have before that can be integrated into a record. It's just taking care of all those uh, not-so-little details. Exactly, and, and those are very important details that you don't want to miss. And so I go back to the partnership and understanding of what it is the clinicians actually need or want um, and understanding truly what they're asking for. Because I don't expect a, a clinician to be a great technologist. I expect a clinician to be a good clinician. And it's your job as a technologist to sit down with them, to understand their world, to partner with them side by side, and be a collaborator at figuring out, okay, what can and can't I do? And work through it. That's the role of a CIO. It's not to shove technology down someone's throat, but it's to collaborate at coming towards some you know, happy ground that benefits the patient. And I have found that even though it takes a lot of hours and a whole lot of really weird hours during the day to make sure that you can accomplish the whole cohort of, of physicians, it's worth it be at the end of the day because you have complete buy-in and support. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.